Hi guys and welcome back. We're back after the draft. I'm not really motored up today. Not a big fan of that draft. Just oh Grant. Hey, it's day one. It's day one. Even if it's not exactly what you were looking for, we got six more rounds to meet every other goal you're looking at. Look, I, I can see, I understand how people are up in arms. They're a little confused. They're scratching their head about what we did at 12, how we moved back from six. But I know you have a strong take, I'm sure, so I'd like to let you get your piece out. You moved back, you should have grabbed Christian Gonzalez at 12. That's what I thought the obvious pick was going to be. I think everybody in the world thought so. Look, I'm not a big believer in taking running backs in the first round. And I'm not a big believer that running back's not getting 30 touches a game because he's not going to be getting all that. Now, granted, he was on my board, right? Like, I actually did want I think he's going to be a great NFL player. I think he elevates his offense to probably the best offense in the league or at least a top two or three offense. I would think he puts you in that category. He And then assuming we trade Swift for a fourth or a fifth, I would assume you get another offensive weapon somewhere in that round range. But right now, that's a win-now move. That's a move you make if you think you're good enough to elevate yourself to a Super Bowl. I think they're thinking that right now. I think that pick signals they think they're all in on winning it all. Because that's not a pick you make if you're just trying to win the division. That's not a pick. Those are not two picks you make if you're trying to get to the NFC Championship. Those are two picks you make if you think you're going to win it all. And I think this off front office thinks they have a chance to win it all. And if they think those did are you see Brad Holmes's, Did you see Brad Holmes's reaction yes. to when they got Gibbs at 12? Yes. I think Brad Holmes, and you're right, the front office of this organization – knows something that we do not. Mm-hmm. And whether it's we're contenders for a Super Bowl, you're pretty sure that even this is a the difference maker between the NFC winning team and a Super Bowl winning team. No, 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 think, no, no. I think that's what the front office thinks. That's not what I think. I think they're rushing that's this. That's not what you think. That's not you think what that's I, what they think. They think they can elevate themselves to being a Super Bowl contender. Because they just grabbed two positions. They didn't really... Okay, they did need a linebacker, but not at 18, right? They didn't need a running back at all, and they still grabbed it at 12. When they had other holes to fill, they might be comfortable enough right now with your corners you have. They might be comfortable enough with the safeties, the tackles, the edge rushers, where I think they're just thinking we're going best available at every spot, and we're just going to grab our guys. Remember what, what Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell said after the first round of interviews. Do you remember this? I don't. They said there was 30 guys they interviewed and they only liked four. He grabbed two of the four I guess he's in love with. And well, we're sure I'm, Witherspoon was one of them. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. And that's where I wonder what our conversation would be if we had gotten him at six. How would you be feeling if we had gotten him at six and at 18 still got Campbell, who I think is a dog? I would have been fine at that point. I just feel like you stretch. You want to know my draft grade? I've thought about this for Don't a last first round, Teddy. Don't my first round, round draft grade. First, first round draft grade. This incomplete. Is, you might it's incomplete. It's incomplete. You, too early to tell. Too early. You got three picks today. 
too early to tell. I'm not saying these guys haven't played yet and they haven't performed, but I'm saying we need to grade it in the totality of which we're seeing what his game plan is. We don't know what it is. Maybe it is best available. And in that case, we might be feeling that much better about getting Gibbs at 12. That's a that's Campbell a best available win now move. End of the story. So does that mean do we get Levis in the second round if available to us? Do we draft a quarterback? If he's the best available player in this draft, if that is the mindset, the philosophy that Dan Campbell and the Brad Holmes and which they're looking to do, do you take Will Levis? Just take a flyer. It's a second round flyer. On do a you guy want to hear my top five? Do you want to hear my top five? Do you want to hear my Yes. Here's my top five right now. One or two might be off the board by 34, but I would assume at least four are on the board there. Okay, so ready? Number one guy left on the board. If you're playing best available the rest of this draft, like I think they are, your best available player, I think, for this team right now, for fit and everything considered, you're going to laugh at this. I think it's Michael Mayer. I want to go all fucking in on that offense. I want to go all in, all in, all in. You already showed with running back you want to go all in on your offense. That puts you on just a different planet. If you grab him, that's my number one guy right now. My second guy is Will Levis. My third guy is Joey Porter. Fourth guy is Brian Branch. And then at fifth, honestly, any uh, Steve Avila was probably my fifth guy, the guard out of TCU. Any of those five guys, and I'm going to shut my mouth because those five guys were guys that were on my board. I think Will Levis, if he's sitting there at 34, you got to think about it. Really have nothing to lose with there at thirty. Now you draft him at twelve on piss, but you draft him at thirty-four. You roll the dice. Could be the I'm not upset. Pick. No, no, and it could end up being the best pick of Brad Holmes. No, that's probably a stretch. But also, who knows? I think yes. If you're taking best available, take Levis. But why didn't uh, Mayor go the first day? I thought he was supposed to go first day. He was supposed to go like eighteen, nineteen, twenty range, and he's still sitting there. Right. That's a right. guy I'm looking at, and I, I have him circled on my big board because you just showed you wanted to go all in on the offense. Do you want to make this the most potent offense in the NFL? You do that. If that's your strategy, that's you're going best. Can you imagine They're going to be offense? the most fun Madden team. They'll be like an awesome team to play in Madden. It'll be fun. Oh, I know. For once. Well, think about it. You have a top five old line in the league. You have a top four quarterback in, in the NFC this year. The NFC's weak on quarterbacks. I, I can call him a top four quarterback yep. in the conference. That's fair. That's top fair. three run game in the NFC. You have a dual headback system. You have your next Alvin Kamara, Debo Samuel combination potentially with the pounded up the middle, David Montgomery. We're going to pound you up the gut this entire game, and we're going to play action you this entire game. Where golf thrives. Keep in mind, Montgomery's not a play action player. Gibbs, he can play play action. He can make this offense even more creative. You go out, you get Michael Mayer, and then you pair that with Jamo when he's off his suspension, Amara, and Marvin Jones. I don't think there's any stopping this offense. I think that's just as good as the Chiefs' offense, if not better. Just as good as the Eagles offense, if not better. You're top three in every single position in the NFC. That's unheard of. Typically, there's like a weak position, right? 
A team has a weak spot on their offense. A team has a weak spot on their defense. There's no weak spots. Well, I think if this team, as in if they go in and fill that hole at tight end and, like you say, and solidify this offense, if this, if this offense does not perform, the weak part of the offense will be the coaching. But mm-hmm. we don't – I think it's safe to say that's not going to happen. No. Ben Johnson will not be the reason that this offense struggles, that this offense might take three or four games to get started start putting big points on the board, 30 balls like they were doing at the end of the season. I They got to make sure it clicks. And I think t- taking a tight end, yeah, it fits. So my dream is today. So at 34, you go mayor. This is my dream. 48, I think you Steve Avila sitting there still. He keeps slipping and get your guard there. And then with your last pick of the day, you grab the best available defensive player, regardless of the position. I want to make this offense just elite. And keep in mind, I think they feel comfortable with their defense right now. They show that they are pretty comfortable with everything outside of linebacker. That's what they basically just told me yesterday, right? They just basically told me we're comfortable at DT, we're comfortable at the edges, and we're comfortable in the secondary. Because if they weren't, they would have gone Joey Porter, they would have gone Brian Branch, they would have gone Gonzo. They would have done something to grab somebody in the secondary yesterday. And they wouldn't have spent 18 on, on an edge rusher they or a DT like Cancy. You had a lot of guys sitting on the board at 18 that were needs, in my opinion. But what I'm thinking is they're they're like, okay, we feel comfortable with this offseason. We have a lot of guys coming back from injuries last year, like the Quaras. Like you're going to have a full season of James Houston. You're going to have a full season of Ali McNeil. You're going to have a full season of a Paschal who they Kaminsky. drafted last year. You're going to have a full Kaminsky. season. Comiskey, right. You're going to have a full season of a lot of guys now. Everybody's healthy. I feel like they think with everybody healthy, they're deep enough where they can just do whatever they want. And I don't mind that. I don't mind the, the strategy, but this could backfire in your face so hard if you're speeding up this rebuild too fast. So what what does Brad Holmes this evening, round two of the NFL draft, what does Brad Holmes have to do? for you to have lost faith for him for what he's going to do in the following rounds. What should he absolutely not be doing? What should he absolutely not be doing? This point, he, the more I thought about it, because I was pissed last night. You know I was pissed last night. Yep. The more I think about it, he can do whatever he wants right now. And I just want to see how this plays out. Because honestly, he's just showing me he's just grabbing guys that he wants. He's not grab. He doesn't care where he's going to grab him. He's going to grab the guys he wants. And keep in mind, keep this in mind for a second. Had he gone Joey Porter or Brian Branch at eighteen, we're thinking that's a good pick. They might still be there at thirty-four. But we drafted Michael Mayer at eighteen. A lot of people would have regarded that as a good pick. Had they gone Will Levis at eighteen, I think a lot of people there would have been some people thinking it's a good pick. Keep in mind, there's a lot of guys on the board that weren't supposed to be there, that are still there right now, that you should have maybe grabbed at 18. So I'm just saying, 
Maybe a lot of our big boards were screwed up. Maybe none of these guys knew what they were talking about again this year. And maybe Jack Campbell and Gibbs were regarded really high by a lot of execs in the league. And all it took was just for one guy to bite at it. I don't know. I feel like maybe these their big boards were all over the place and messed up. So the, they they liked – you think Gibbs was their favorite running back out of the entire class? I think so. If they liked Bijan so much, they would have gone with him at six. Just think yeah, about that one. I agree. If they liked Bijan, they would have stuck at six and drafted him. They wouldn't have dropped the 12. You know what I think was happening? My guess – this is how I think this went yesterday. I, I think Holmes Mr. and Campbell, No, I think Holmes and Campbell wanted to move up to three, but they weren't willing to give up the package the Texans gave up to move up to three. So I think they wanted Will Anderson. They didn't get him. That was one of the four guys I think they were talking about. The second guy was Witherspoon. He was off the board. And then you're at six. If you go Gibbs at six. I don't think there would be – I think we'd have pitchforks and knives outside of Allen Park. Uproar. Uproar. It'd be an uproar. It's already been an uproar, which is kind of surprising to me. I thought people would be more excited about just that he is probably one of the more flashy running backs. He's already getting comparisons to McCaffrey, Kamara, all of them. He's going to be awesome. And with Ben Johnson – Was he worth taking at 12? See, that, how are you going to justify paying or not paying? Is this going to be a very short relationship? So, okay. This is what I think is going to happen. Well, if, if this was me, if I was Brad Holmes, those aren't guys I'm really taking at 12 and 18. I've said it already. Like, I'm just not. But maybe all of our big boards were actually screwed up. They maybe were. Let's be real. They were saying the Falcons were trying to trade up for Campbell, and they were saying the Jets really liked Gibbs. Those were two rumors that came out this morning. Maybe everybody's big boards are all screwed up, and the the press got it wrong. I mean, how many times did Vegas change the odds in the last 48 hours at the number two pick? I think oh, nobody knew shit this year, and I think there's not a big gap in prospects between, like, Campbell – I think people overthought it. C.J. Stroud was the second best player in the draft. Oh, by far. Oh, by far. My opinion. By far. So I think that, but you're right. The the odds on that. How about Will Levis's odds? Yeah. Minus fifteen hundred to be in the top five. How did he not hit? That's a gimme. Right. I and they, and he's now fallen into day two, and I, I'm oh makes you yeah. He's got to go probably, I would think, within the first 10 picks. I don't know. Otherwise, I would be shocked to see Will Levis still available at 48 or at 55. Isn't that crazy? we got five picks in the first two rounds. Oh, I know. But, but no, isn't this crazy? I think Titans are trying to move up for Levis. Trying to make the same mistake that they made with Malik Willis. Yeah. They've Do learned it again, how- run it back. I also think you need a receiver at some point in this draft. Or you gotta just sign somebody on like a one-year deal and just roll with it and see what happens. I'm just looking through what's left. I mean, 
there's a lot of guys that are on the board that I'd be intrigued by. I like Keely Ringo. I always thought he was a first round pick. The kid from Georgia. I'd okay. be happy with him in the in the late second round. I'd be happy with Jaden Reed in the second round. I mean, I wouldn't be upset if they went with a guy like DJ Turner out of Michigan. I think he'll have a solid NFL career. Tucker Kraft, if they get in the end of the second round, they go tight end. There's guys there that I have some interest in. They, they can go Sidney Brown and get another safety. They can even keep waiting and go Shoemaker at tight end. Like, you have options. You have a lot of things you can do, and there's still a lot of talent on the board. So I just want to see how this plays out. I'm not happy with yesterday. I'll be honest with you. But I just want to see the seven-round plan because I have no idea what it is right now. My guess is they're going best available everywhere in this draft and who fits their scheme the best, but I don't know. I'm looking forward to see how they continue to move the needle tonight. I think the the eyes, all eyes are on the Lions now, not, but on a national scale. People <laughs> are starting to talk. People are really putting this team on notice of, this team, this team's being put on notice, and you know, for all the right reasons. And I think it's Brad Holmes is the great guy, the the great mastermind behind this well-oiled machine. We'll see what happens. There's nothing that he's done yet for me to just say, you know what? You're Matt Millen. You're Bob Quinn. You're Martin Mayhew. He's done none of that yet. So I'm not going to come on here screaming about the picks because he hasn't done that to me yet. He hasn't really missed. You know, everybody misses once or twice. He missed on Levi Ansarike. Big fucking deal. He got Lee McNeil with the next pick. So the way I look at it is he's even been better in the fifth and sixth round than he's been really in the first and second round. I think there's some guys. I think he traded out of the fourth and he traded out of the third because he doesn't like anybody there. I think he likes guys in the later rounds. I think he likes some guys in the sixth, some steals. Remember, he grabs... Rodrigo in the sixth. He grabbed James Houston in the sixth. Yep. You know, he grabbed um Amra Kirby in the Joseph. fourth. Grabbed Kirby in the third. He grabbed Paschal, who I think is going to have a stellar NFL career. And them not drafting Cancy, Miles Murphy, or any of those guys, I think shows me they have confidence in the Aquaros, only McNeil and Paschal, which I think is fine. I think they'll be good, all good together. We're going to see a lot of things really come together. I think by the end of this draft, we're going to see the full seven-round plan, and I'm not going to judge any of our fifth, sixth, and seventh-round picks until they hit the field. It's hard for me to grade this draft because he's had so much success late that even after this draft, you really can't grade it because we don't know anything about the guy in the seventh round, what he's going to be. Maybe Brad Holmes saw this tiny thing in him that nobody else saw, and now he's great, like like he's done with Rodrigo and like he's done with, it, with James Houston. Just saying, I, I think they're very confident with what they have, and you can't grade any of his drafts until about week 10. Can't grade it, but we can eyeball test, and eyeball test looks pretty good so far. You think so? I think so. This was a, He was a running back at Alabama, one of the best offenses in the country. Yeah. It'll be all right. I've warmed up to the picks. And, and when guys like Jalen Ramsey and Theo Riddick are talking really high about the pick, like they weren't even shy about it, Grant. Like they were talking very loud about how good we drafted. 
while everybody else bashed it. And those are two good football minds. Like Theo Riddick was getting looks to be an NFL head coach. Which like, is remember, crazy. Or sorry, Lewis Riddick, not Theo. Lewis Riddick. Yeah, yeah, no, I knew what you meant, though. Yeah, Lewis Riddick. Lewis Riddick was getting NFL head coaching looks. Jalen Ramsey's one of the best corners in the history of football. So you got two of those guys, good football minds, in my opinion, not Mike Valeni, but good football minds, talking high about our pick. And you see all the NFL – other NFL players are saying the same thing. So the only people that aren't saying it's a good pick are us Lions fans. So to be honest with you, in the in the media who doesn't really watch the Lions on a week-to-week basis. So I feel like they saw something in these guys that we don't see yet. They've done nothing for me to scream. They've done nothing yet for me to, like, Bob Quinn their ass or Mark Mayhew their ass on here. Just let it play out. We'll see what happens today, tomorrow. I'm not really in this really ticked-off mood anymore. Kenny, I totally agree. I appreciate having me on. It's always great talking football, talking ball with you. Yes, sir, Grant. Good to have you on. I'll be back tomorrow with the day two recap and day one recap. We'll finally, I think, see the pieces all come together tomorrow, tonight. I think everything will come together. And, hey, maybe they're going to jump into the third round or the fourth with DeAndre Swift trade. Just saying, don't be shocked if they're drafted four times tonight. Yep. So I'll see you guys tomorrow.